Hey, thanks for joining us today on the NateHoldridge.com podcast, where we're taking a look at some of Pastor Nate's articles from NateHoldridge.com and just going a little bit deeper into them with some conversations. Today, we're talking about recreational marijuana and specifically, what does the Bible say about it? What does our Christian faith do in response to a country in a world that is widely accepting of marijuana. So today we're talking about all of that. We pray that this conversation is helpful for you. Let's get into it. Nate, the first thing I thought of when I read this uh, title was, um, man, that sounds like a great Sunday morning at church. Just <laughs> the, Bi- the Bible, some Christianity, some recreational marijuana. Negative. Oh. <laughs> uh. I always thought that the word recreational is just, that is the weirdest. <laughs> I'm always thinking of like people in sweatpants, you know, like just doing yeah. some recreation. <laughs> yeah, it isesn't really, that kind of implies maybe somebody's playing like some basketball and. Or in this know, case, ultimate frisbee. Ultimate <laughs> frothing a little bit on campus. Oh. Well, I mean, anyways, man, this this article, this title, you know, just alone is something I, I think is just like so important to talk about. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you're listening to this right now and you're living in a state where uh, marijuana is now um, considered a recreational substance, or maybe you're even living in a state like we are in California where it's decriminalized now. So mm-hmm. a lot of the backlash from having uh, more than an ounce on you is not that much. It's more of like a slap on the hand. It's like a traffic violation now. So, yeah. well, I'll tell you, you know, part of the reason that I actually did uh, t- entitle the article that way, yeah, is because I didn't want to to say the the Bible and marijuana or the Bible mm. and recreational marijuana. Not that I couldn't, right. but I think that a lot of times we have this idea uh, that. Uh, that is attached to the the older view of Christendom where like mm, we are yeah. going to be the ones who with our Bibles we create all the laws of the land and certainly I think you know there's there'd be incredible wisdom for legislators to yeah. look into God's word and to say man what would be what would be healthy good laws to govern mm. our land with but you know what Christians have to do in an age like we're living in now is we have to look at look I'm a, it's, it's the Bible Christianity. I'm a believer. Mm, So I'm operating by a different set of rules than the legislators are going to give to me. So what I'm not asking is I'm not asking primarily the question, what does my state allow? Right. That, that needs to be part of the equation with some of the things that we do or don't do. Mm -hmm. We do need to know the laws of the land, but what I'm wanting to know also in a subject like this is, but, but for me, you know, what, what is the Bible saying for me as a Christian about my attitude towards recreational mm. marijuana? And I think that's a good distinction to make yeah. because, you know, like I say in the article, I mean, if, if somebody doesn't know the Lord and, you know, they don't have his spirit in their lives and their hearts, I will. I would fully expect, because I'm I'm expecting even a believer with the Holy Spirit of God living inside mm-hmm. of them to be tempted to enter into this kind of behavior. Right. So if right. you don't have the Holy Spirit living inside you, of course you're going to be tempted, and I don't think that you're going to have the power to be able to resist that temptation either. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily trying to get everybody 
on the face of the planet to behave in a certain way. But mm-hmm. I do want Christians to wrestle with this question for their own lives. What does the Bible say for me as a believer? How am I to live? And in this subject, recreational marijuana, to toke or not to toke, yeah. that is the question. <laughs> right. And so I've tried to answer that you mm-hmm. know, the best I can. Yeah, I really appreciated that in the article too. I, I, you can tell by reading it that it is for the Christian wrestling with this um, this topic. And I really appreciate you kind of speaking to the Christian that kind of way. You don't really get, Nate, into the article too much about your personal kind of life at all. It's more of like a kind of like statistics and some just like guidelines for mm-hmm. a Christian. But it might be kind of helpful just to hear a little bit of your story and just kind of your personal experience. What kind of led you to think about this and what, what has been your experience in the past with marijuana, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, you. no, I've shared my testimony in a lot of different places and spaces, yeah. including this podcast. And suffice it to say, I know what marijuana does. Yeah. I've experienced it personally. Um, so this isn't, you know, the idea. I, I've, I've experienced drunkenness and addiction to that. I've experienced, uh, you know, being stoned via marijuana. And that was kind of the extent of my right. drug use. But I've experienced that, and I, I've experienced you know the differences between the two. So I don't think that makes me an expert, and that's not the the uh, leg that I'm trying to stand on either right. with this article. And I think that was part of the reason why I just kind of didn't go there was because I just thought you know I'm not trying to be like look I'm the expert in this because of everything that I've done and experienced. Yeah. I didn't really want to do that. I wanted more to. Just look into scripture and try to build a case from there. Yeah, I love that. With that kind of in place, uh, you you kind of broke it up into I feel like two kind of section. One was the baser arguments, mm-hmm. and one was a little bit more about kind of the personal Christian view. Um, what what does scripture say about uh, about all this? But maybe we can kind of start it from the baser arguments. Can you kind of talk us through some mm-hmm. of those things that come up? Yeah, so the baser arguments, what what I'm saying with that is these are the lesser arguments. Right. So, you know, for a lot of Christians, this is like, this is where we talk about stuff, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, okay, what am I allowed to do? Right. And uh, not, not necessarily the question of what is best for me and what is God's mm-hmm. will for my life. Th- those are the questions that lead you to the higher, the better arguments. True. I'm trying not to use the phrase higher arguments <laughs> in this, <laughs> this discussion. Uh these are where the better arguments are yeah. found. Yeah. Uh, but in the lesser, the baser arguments, you know, it's, well, what what are we allowed to do? You mm-hmm. know, and, and you know, marijuana, the, the Internet's a crazy space anyways. <laughs> but marijuana yeah. and the Bible is one of those areas where, like, you could just find the crazy of all oh, crazies. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can find articles where people are claiming that Jesus, like, did his healings with marijuana oh yeah you can find articles that say that like the the oil inside of the temple Mm. was like a cannabis based oil i mean you can find like the the weirdest stuff uh online you Mm. know making big claims about marijuana okay so you know like a place that it starts though you know this question you know is you know that god gave all the plants of the earth for us to mm-hmm. be able to eat, to consume. So the, the question that we have to ask is, is uh, from Genesis one twenty nine, is this good for food or not? Right. So 
to put it bluntly, like I'm not going to go out and eat aluminum right now because it's not going to do anything for me. It's yeah. not going to be nutritious. It's not going to, to add any strength, vitality, health hmm. uh, to my life. So when we look at the plant world, we can ask that question. If I eat this, will I, will this be nutritive for me? Will, will I gain nutrition from this? And that's, I think, a question that a lot of people that hold the Genesis 129, you know, God gave all the plants and so, you know, right. marijuana, it's a plant and so we can't smoke it. God wasn't saying that. Mm-hmm. He wasn't saying, I give you all the plants of the earth to smoke. He's asking, he's saying, you can, this is for, for you to eat. Mm-hmm. So the question that human beings can ask about the plant world is, is this healthy for me to eat? Is this yeah. nutritious for me or not? And obviously, some things are and some things aren't. We figured out with a banana that the inside is nutritious and the outside, not as much. <laughs> you know, like these are things that we've figured out. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's I think, you know, part of the, the question. Okay, so is this, is this nutritious? Mm. But then also you, you go beyond that too. Okay, um, well, uh, the Bible never says the word marijuana. Right. And it never, yeah. you know, says like that you're you're not supposed to get high with marijuana, mm-hmm. not supposed to get stoned with marijuana. So doesn't doesn't that silence allow me, you know, to partake? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think that we should expect that the Bible says anything about marijuana. Mm-hmm. The Bible doesn't say anything about um, internet streaming of pornography. Yeah, specifically right. because mm-hmm. you know it wasn't around it wasn't in circulation at that time but what you have to do is you have to go back to the bible and try to find are there elements scripturally that are similar to mm-hmm. so with drunkenness you know the, the the bible talks about you know drinking wine and um you know things like that but it's when it goes into the realm of drunkenness beyond you know taste and enjoyment but it goes into drunkenness it from the Old Testament to the New Testament, it's always painted in a bad light. Right. It's always forbidden. <laughs> yeah, it is. So then you can look at that drunkenness and you can say, well, if the Bible is forbidding over and over again in all these different ways, the impairment of the mind mm-hmm. through alcohol, then I can can assume that the Bible would also forbid the impairment with the mind for for personal pleasure of any, from anything else. So I, I think, you know, that's also a, a lesser argument. And then, you know, probably just like the, the bottom line basic thing, and I just quoted like a big list of them, and it wasn't yeah. even exhaustive, but just a, there's a ton of verses that just talk about being sober-minded and having a mm-hmm. sober mind. That. So, yeah. you know, obviously when you're stoned, you're just, you don't have a sober mind in that moment. So mm-hmm. I think those are some of the, I'm, I'm not sure <laughs> if I mentioned all of them that I wrote about, but no, those yeah. are the some of the lesser arguments. Yeah, I'm glad we can talk about it like this because I feel like this addresses something that's just personal to somebody who's making this decision. And that's important, you know, just in somebody thinking about their life and the decisions that they make. But one kind of unique characteristic of any kind of substance use is that it oftentimes affects the people in our lives too, right? Yeah, I think it's it's just such a myth, the idea that this isn't hurting anybody. It's hurting you. Yeah, and it's true. You aren't going to hear, as a Christian, you Mm -hmm. aren't going to hear God's voice. You are 
hmm. going to open yourself up to. I didn't talk about this at all, but you yeah. are going to open yourself up to thoughts that are not the thoughts right. of God, mm-hmm. are not the mind of God. And some of those thoughts will just be, you know, from your own flesh, your own bodily desires. You're weakening yourself mm. when you bring yourself into a state like that, into when you, when you're exiting sobriety, you're weakening yourself. Yes. And you're going to l- l- lean towards uh, thoughts of the mind that are fleshly and carnal mm. at best yeah. and demonic and unspiritual and mm. dark at worst. We have to remember, we do believe in a spiritual demonic realm that we're right. wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities mm. and powers of darkness. And I think that there's great indications in the Bible that one of the ways that people would open themselves up to that uh, whole realm is through the impairment of yeah, the mind. Totally. So the idea that, you know, I'm just chilling, it's just me and Netflix and, you know, right. smoking out and I'm not hurting anybody. That's just, I think that's such a myth. You are hurting somebody. At the at the very least, you're hurting yourself. But as you're mm-hmm. hurting yourself, like, are, are you really becoming the man that you're supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Are you yeah. really becoming the kingdom builder that you're supposed to be? Are you really becoming the protector that you're supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Are, if you have children, are your children right. really benefiting from who you are building yourself up to be because of that? It, it Maybe in the moment, mm-hmm. you didn't hurt anybody. Yeah. You know, maybe in the moment somebody can point and say, well, look at, you know, this drunk driver, you know, they killed four people on the road. And that's horrible. That, that, but that should not be a justification for anything. Right. The damage that you could be creating is something that's further and farther down the line. Mm. And I tried to say that in the article, Amen. you know, that, you know, the reality is uh, apparently, according to research, a lot of people that begin with marijuana, especially if they're a little bit older, they're not in their teenage years. Right. A, a lot of people that if they start later on in life, they actually don't, a, a lot of them numerically, go on to harder and stronger mm-hmm. drugs. Uh, but to me, you know, as I look at it from a, a Christian standpoint, if a believer is engaging, you know, in this kind of behavior, I think you're just stunting your growth mm. spiritually. You yeah. are you are hurting the body of Christ. It's not going to advance like it should advance if you were, you know, pursuing holiness and godliness mm. and really aggressively about the Great Commission. Amen. I think that's so true. And you even just said something that triggered a question for me as you talked about. Uh, holiness. One of the parts of your article that really struck me was this conversation about uh, how our body is not our own, it's for Christ. Can you kind of talk about that in relation to uh, using a substance like marijuana? Like what, how is that, uh, having our body set apart for God, how's that an argument for us as Christians to say, I'm not going to partake of marijuana? Yeah, well, it's just the sanctification, you know, argument that I've been redeemed. I've been Mm -hmm. bought with the blood of Jesus. So that means that I no longer belong to myself, like Paul said to the Corinthian yeah. church. You know, I'm not, I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. So that means that my whole man, you know, my, my body, which includes my mind, my body parts, you know, all of this belongs to God. You know, it's part of the reason that Paul would say to the Thessalonian church, this is the will of God for you, your sanctification. And then the first thing he says is that you would abstain from sexual immorality. You know, he's like, your body belongs to God now. He wants you to be set apart. So don't 
be engaging in sexual immorality like you used to, you know, back in your old Gentile life and world. You're living a new life now. And I think it's the same in the realm of the mind. My my body has been bought by the precious blood of -hmm. Jesus Christ. I'm supposed to be part of the body of Christ. That means that there are times I'm going to be the eyes of Christ or the ears of Christ or the mouth of Christ or the hands or the feet of Christ. And if I am doling myself with weed, I am I am basically not as able to be the hands, the feet, yeah, the mouth, the eyes, yeah. the ears of Christ. It's basically me saying to the Lord, this body belongs to me and mm-hmm. I'm done right now. Yeah. I'm taking the next few hours off to do my own thing and to put my mind and my body in its in a state that I want to put it in. Mm. So, you know, to say that I've been you know, bought with the blood of Jesus, I think mandates that I'd say, you know, the whole man, you know, the body, the soul, the mind, it all belongs to him. Mm, That's good. And kind of just rolling with that a little bit. You also talk about how Christians aren't really meant to be escapists. You know, like one of the things that is kind of just, I think a lot of people probably just smoke weed just to kind of like yeah, like you said, like kind of dull senses to mm-hmm. may forget some things, maybe not acknowledge like the pressures of this life a little bit. But you mentioned in the article how as Christians who are living lives that are set apart for God, that that's not really our mindset is to be escapist. And you bring up the really cool example of Jesus on the cross. Can you kind of talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I think for one, this is an area where um, we get it. Yeah. Like, we totally get it. Mm-hmm. Life is very hard. Yeah. This is a difficult mm-hmm. place to live. And, you know, I think that sometimes believers, some believers need to turn the harsh down a little mm. bit and just kind of realize, like, the people that you're lambasting for, you know, going after recreational marijuana and it's, you know, a right to that and everything. Yeah. These are people who, you look, they're not going to come out and say, like, I'm hurting. That's why I'm pursuing this. Like, I, I'm, I can't cope. I'm, I'm, I need this to be able to, you know, deal with life. And yeah. it's not always that strong of a thing. It could be if they engage with it right. for a while. Yeah. But, you know, this life is a, is a painful, you know, experience. It's yeah. a, it's a, it, can be a, it can be a brutal world that we live in. Mm. And, you know, some people have a hard time turning off the noise and slowing down and getting their equilibrium back and everything yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying all that just to say, I think that we should be able to say, we get the temptation. Right. We get the right. temptation that there would be to turn to something that would help you process the noise yeah. and slow mm-hmm. things down and get some chill and be able to relax. Like yeah. I think we all should be able to understand that, be able to get that. Um, but the thing about believers is that we've adopted, disciples have adopted a counterintuitive life. Mm-hmm. It's a life that runs to the cross, not away from the cross. It's a life that denies the self rather than preserves the self. And as we run to that, we actually find our lives. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I talked about Jesus on the cross as an example of that. And obviously the whole cross is an example of that. But there's that little moment where they did offer him a body, mind-numbing substance to drink 
as he was being crucified and he, upon tasting it, spat it out, he refused it. Mm. He didn't want to dull the experience there upon the cross. And, you know, obviously there's a place for uh, medicine. There's a place for a trained medical professional, like right. a real one. Yeah. You know, um, prescribing something for a person that will help them to deal with life. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not even trying to, you know, get into the ethics of all of that or act like I'm an expert in that, on that subject. Yeah. But for, for us and what we're talking about, recreational marijuana, a lot of times what it is, it's a, it's a self-medication. Mm. It's a, I've decided that I need this. And as Christians, we're, we're not trying to escape the pains of life. Yeah. You know, we, we're understanding, look, there are trials and there are difficulties, but but I'm going to count it all joy mm. when I fall into these various trials, like James tells me. Not that the trial is joyful, but what God can produce in my life oh, as he yeah. holds my hand and he walks through this experience with me. Yeah, this experience in my life might be depressing, but I know that if I smoke out in the middle of that depression, I'm going to miss Jesus walking with me through the oh, valley so of the shadow yeah. of death. He, it's not going to be his rod and his staff that comfort me. It's going to be something else that is bringing me comfort. And when that occurs, I don't grow. I don't get stronger. Mm. I don't get better. And what 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 that ends up ha- what ends up happening is, I'm unable to do all of the great ministry that I should be able to do in the future to other people who are hurting and in need of comfort. I can't be that source because I didn't let Jesus build me up in that moment in my life previously. I let a substance be the thing that helped me escape. And I'm not trying to escape, I'm trying to go through. So, you know, I really think that that's a big part of it in the Christian life, yeah. Yeah, and I've never had any experience with marijuana, like personally, I grew up in a kind of culture and environment where that just wasn't looked at as something like cool or to partake in, you know? I ran to other things, mm-hmm. which is another conversation. Yeah, you're a straight edge. <laughs> yeah, man, just I yelled at concerts all the time and stuff <laughs> and just jumped around and everything. <laughs> but, um, you know, I had a I had a family member, a, a real close family member of mine who was, um, when I was kind of doing all that, they were uh, involved yeah, with yeah. Um, smoking <clears throat> weed and stuff and they became addicted to it um their body changed everything was different and i remember one one moment they came here to the church i was sitting outside with them on the curb and they're like, I'm, i just want to live my life for god but i feel like this this substance is holding me back yeah from everything you just talked about it's holding me back from understanding god's word it's it's holding me back from like my prayer life and long story short we went out to the wharf here in monterey california and um, I just told him, bring all your stuff with you, and we'll just, we'll go throw it, throw it into the ocean. You know, probably mm-hmm. not the most environmentally safe thing to do. <laughs> but we just smashed all the glass, the measuring stuff, the everything. You mm-hmm. know, and it was a real moment for that person, I think, to like say, God, I'm gonna live my life for you. It's almost like their baptism in a way. I felt yeah. like like I, yeah, I'm yeah. now going to commit my life to God and be used in that kind of way. So just. I think just to kind of add to your point, you know, that it's just this substance can really hold back so much from us from pursuing God and living that life that he's called us to live. Totally. There are such incredible experiences in the spirit that I think substance keeps Mm. believers from. Yeah. And you want 
those experiences yeah. in and with the spirit. You know, I'm not going to be so cheesy as to say it's a better high, <laughs> but yeah, it you know it really is special to w- is. to be able to walk with God. Right. And I, you know, on, on one hand, it's like I I did. On one hand, I don't even really think an article like this needs to be written for, mm. for, you know, somebody who really is trying to love the Lord. Because right. I think if you really search your heart, you know, like your family mm. member did, you just kind of, as you let the Spirit of God do His thing, you realize that so many of my arguments for trying to hold on to this, yeah. it's just me. I'm just justifying this. I'm just trying to build some kind of case yeah. to be able to allow this in my life defense. still. Yeah. But if I'm honest, if Jesus walked into the room right now, I'd be ashamed. Mm-hmm. I'd be ashamed of that, you know, that, and that's not, and I, it wouldn't be shame because of some kind of condition that the church put on me or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. It would just be, I would just know that this is, this is, this is not freedom. Mm-hmm. Christ died to set me free and this is not freedom. And I, I think that, I think we we in general intuitively know that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. We'll kind of wrap it up, Nate. Uh, do you have any kind of words for the Christian who is just living right now, just processing the things that are going on in our country and thinking through this and everything we've talked about? Well, I mean, yeah, we are called to, as believers, we're called to a pilgrim, sojourning, mm. exile kind of life. You know, I, I think on one hand, it's like, what are we expecting? You know, yeah. what are we expecting? You know, Jesus, he let in the parable of um, one of the parables of the sower, not the original one with mm-hmm. the four soils, but he talked about the the tares and the wheat. Right. Yeah, and, he, yeah. and what he said was mm-hmm. that the master said, let them grow up together. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have some believers that are like, the world's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Uh, until Jesus comes. Yeah. And then you have some believers that are like, no, it's going to get better and better and better mm-hmm. until Jesus comes. And I think Jesus is saying, I'm letting both of them grow up together. I'm letting it get worse and worse and worse and better and better and better all at the same time. And then the day will come where I will separate the wheat from the tares. So I think for us, you know, we kind of, as we're going through it, we, we want to say, I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to get better, better and better. I want to, I want to continue to be conformed into the image yeah. of Christ. And yeah, you know, there will be things that are gnarly and different and, uh, you know, counter my, you know, environment and kingdom that I'm living yeah. in. But you got to expect that. You got to mm-hmm. expect that you are going to be degrees different and on a totally different trajectory than the path that the culture so and the world is on yeah. and you know the more you have that expectation that yeah you're you know you're going to be different and that they might think that you're weird you know from sometimes you know that's fine you just gotta like ex- accept that embrace it there's plenty of weird people in the world <laughs> just be okay with it thanks for joining us today in this conversation for more articles and resources from pastor nate please go to nateholdridge.com and search the archives. All of his articles are there. And while you're online, please share an episode of this podcast with a friend. We would love to see this podcast get into as many hands and ears as possible. And as always, tune in next week for a brand new episode from this show. But until then, 
God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.